For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is episode 74 of Forever 39 with us, your podcast besties, Annette and Megan. Remember, you can go to Facebook and like us via NJ1015's page, and you can follow us on Twitter at Forever39NJ. Don't hesitate to email us with show ideas, one of which we are using today. And you can do that at forever39 at nj1015.com. We love that and we'll do our best to incorporate what is going on in your world if you reach out to us and let us know. And lastly, you can find the Forever 39 podcast via the NJ1015 app, iTunes, or Google Play. Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about bad driving behaviors and annoying coworkers. And up first, are neighbors still neighborly? No. <laughs> so this was actually the listener topic. She said that she was shoveling her long, wide driveway and her hubby was out of town, which is so the case with me, too. Whenever it freaking snows, my husband's out of town. He works from home 98% of the time. But <laughs> when, it when, snows, snows when it snows, he has to be in like Chicago. He plans that. You do realize he that, probably right? He probably does. does. <laughs> you know what, guys? There's just, I can go yeah. on the road. <laughs> but so this woman reached out and said her neighbor has a snowblower. And she herself had the snowblower, but she wasn't sure how to use hers. So she saw her neighbor outside using their snowblower, and it took her forever to get the work done. And she was like, hey, what about you see right. me? Like, it I took know. you no time at all to do yours. And she got no help. So, Annette, we have a snowblower, and we've d- I've dealt with snow issues. My neighbor across the street is great. I often just kind of try to ram down the driveway. We have a very long driveway, so I just try to ram down it. And I've gotten stuck on two different <laughs> occasions. And my neighbor who lives across the street, God bless Richard, has come over twice to help me because he is so old school. I mean, the man is so old school. He, he shovels his long driveway with his wow. boys. He makes them come outside and he shovels it. And my brother-in-law lives down the street. And normally if it snows that much, he's home from work. <laughs> so the last big snowstorm we had in Jersey a few months ago, they're both shoveling my SUV out of the <laughs> pile of snow. So to thank him, I got a dinner gift certificate and just put a Beautiful. thank you note in his mailbox. Thank you. My brother-in-law, he's just lucky to be related to me. <laughs> he can swim in my pool. But um, I feel like Richard, my neighbor, is a rarity. I think this woman's right. I think neighbors now, when I grew up, neighbors were like family. I still think of my neighbors I grew up with on Forge Road as family. And I don't know that it's like that anymore. Like, I don't even want to talk to my next door neighbor. I think I could drop dead in my driveway and probably nobody would call them police. Really? And how long have your neighbors, you've lived in your house a long time. How long have you had those neighbors? Off and on since I was 16. Wow. Yeah. And you really think they'd let you? Now, what's Yeah, the, I really do. Are they husband I mean, and wife? Don't get are me they wrong. singles? Like, what's the deal with your neighbors? Don't get me wrong. We don't have any issues. Okay. So it's not as if there's like a war and, you know, we're not speaking with one another. We're just not very friendly to each other. I mean, it's, hey, how you doing? Done. Yeah. And anytime they've been shoveling snow or I've been shoveling snow or I've been doing some sort of yard work, no one's ever come over to help. But also, I will say, I've never really gone over there either. So it's also on me. Now, there is an elderly neighbor. Her name is Sue. And my roommate, Michelle, and I do try to help her. Michelle, way more than me, uh, tries to help her 
with the yard work and with shoveling. And the way more than me is mostly because of my hours and I'm not around, especially when it's snow. I'm usually at the station. I have to work, so I can't help out as much. Sure. But Michelle's really great about helping Sue. Oh. And Sue has helped me in the past. But for the most part, there's not a lot of lend a helping hand. Now, my aunt, who lives in Rochester, she has the most amazing neighbors ever. Really? I tell her this all the time. I'm like, you can never leave your neighborhood. How so? Well, for example, there was a storm that that happened a couple weeks ago there, and a tree fell down in her yard. And she was like, okay, I got to figure out what to do. And she makes a very minimum salary. So it's hard for her to afford these extra things that pop up. And she's trying to figure out what to do. She's like, all right, you know what? I have a handsaw. I'll try to do the best that I can, you know, chopping it up into little pieces. You know how long that's going to take? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, she'd still be there doing it now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she goes back inside. She comes out and there's her neighbor with a chainsaw. And he's starting to like, you know, do the whole thing for her, bag it, everything. Oh my gosh. She has great neighbors. They'll take care, she'll take care of the dog for her when she has to go away for an overnight for her job whatever just really really great people right and I'm like wow what is that like well we I do I, I am lucky enough to have my sister on my street which I mentioned earlier with my brother-in-law running down to help me shovel but <laughs> we also I do have to say there are only 12 houses on our block and there's a woman three doors down so that's quite a distance on my block we're all kind of spread out and she is pretty old school with her neighborly ways. Like, hey, I'll, I threw something in your mailbox for you. Or, hey, do you... But it, she'll also ask, like, hey, like, she knows I bake a lot. I'm out of flour. Do you have any flour? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it goes back and forth. And I actually really enjoy that. And I, it's really developed a friendship amongst my sister, Debbie, and me. We actually call her Queen of the Court because <laughs> she does so much to That's help nice. my sister and I. But she seems to enjoy it. She grew up in Philly. So I think she had that, that mentality of being in a close-knit neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, too to have that but not all my neighbors like I said I don't even want to talk to some of them I also think it's just the way society is going these days we're Mm -hmm. so like closed in and mind your own business I don't want to talk to you I'm too busy being on my phone and you know everybody's worried about the privacy and like it's just like the way the culture's going and I feel like we're always all in such a hurry I mean you and I say all the time and we're so busy oh my god we're so busy I know I know and we're not the only ones so sometimes just saying hey to your neighbors all you have time for Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. you know me with my little facts and figures. Yes. So I couldn't find any surveys about whether or not neighbors have become less helpful through the years. But I did find some interesting facts about neighborhood dynamics. So if you're like me and you barely know the names of your neighbors, you are in good company. Truly is neighbor survey that polled over 3,000 Americans finds that only 53% of U.S. adults know their neighbors' names. Wow. I know, right? Now, for the most part, Americans report that they like their neighbors, according to the Truly a Neighbor survey. Only 5% of those surveyed say they dislike their neighbors, but there are those that have it so bad that they're thinking about moving away. Really? <laughs> In fact... of those surveyed said they are considering making a move because of their dislike for their neighbors. Imagine that, though. I know. So if you have trouble with your neighbors, you're not alone. According to a 2016 National Neighborhood Study from Homes.com, they surveyed 2,000 people. 36% of those said they have issues with their neighbor that has escalated into full-blown arguments. One in four have a long-running feud with someone living next to them. So what are the top things that neighbors complain about? Noise, parking, general noise, trash, and just sort of an unkept environment. That's the worst. And animal noise. 
I thought it was interesting that it's like three different categories of noise. Right. Well, I know there's this one house that's like across the field from us. And when they let their dog out and if I'm outside with one of our pups, that dog freaks out. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's early, early in the morning. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, let's hurry up and get back inside. Because I know. Because I don't want anyone to wake up. And oh, It's just the worst. But I wanted to tell you there's a show on ID channel called Fear Thy Neighbor. Oh. You ever watched it? <laughs> no. Oh, and it's about these stories that get out of control and someone ends up like killing their neighbor <gasps> and stuff. It's all true stories. Okay, and that's neighbors, frightening. It's <laughs> terrifying. But it just goes to because they move in and they're friends. And then all of a sudden they're like hating each other because. Yeah. Steve plays music too loud. Yeah, no one should get to the point where we're murdering no, people. No, it's insane. I mean, like, I, it gives know. me th- that, that's the one show on ID where I get weird. Like it upsets me. I'm yeah, like, I can't believe this is your neighbor. And, right. And mm. can you please keep yourself in check? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to hear from you guys. What annoys you most about your neighbors? Take our poll at nj1015.com. All right. So I don't know about you guys, but driving in the great garden state can sometimes be a huge headache. Some drivers go too slow while others are driving like their ass is on fire. (laughs) There never seems to be a happy medium. You've got some people that don't know about the right on red rule, while others want to run every red light they see. (laughs) But the driving behavior that scares me the most is people that text on their cell phones while driving. We all know who you are because we can see you swerving in and out of your lane. Every time. And your head is never looking (laughs) straight. It's looking down. And you just barely notice the car in front of you has stopped. So you slam on your brakes and you cross your fingers that you won't have an accident. It's terrifying. (laughs) It is terrifying. So I want to talk about distracted driving. It's a big problem. We all recognize it's a problem. But we also seem to have a do as I say, not as I do mentality. So let me explain. Last month, a report by the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety shows that 88% of drivers believe distracted driving is on the rise. I would agree with that. 49% of those surveyed report recently talking on a handheld phone. 39% have recently sent a text or email. What's interesting, though, is that 58% think talking while driving is a very serious threat to their personal safety, and the number is even higher for sending a text or email, with 78% saying it's a threat to their personal safety. So while we all admit doing these things, it's not stopping us from doing them. And while we all admit they're super unsafe, we're still doing them. Even scarier, the survey finds that those that admit to texting while driving, 48% of those people indicated that they do indeed feel distracted when they engage in the behavior. And 38% say they are distracted while driving and talking on a cell phone. So here's the thing. I actually don't have an issue with talking on a cell phone while driving. I don't really think it distracts me. I agree. There's no doubt that the times that I have engaged in texting, definitely, definitely distracted. No doubt. In fact, I used to be really bad about it. And I almost hit somebody because I was not focused on what I should be focused on, which is driving a motor vehicle that could kill not only myself, but the person in front, back, or on the side of me. And I almost slammed into the person in front of me. And in that moment, I was like, done, done. You have got to stop what you're doing. And so now what I do is I always put the phone in the back seat and I try 
to keep it there, obviously, while I'm driving. I never try to reach for it, even if it's ringing. Because sometimes if it's close to me, I can have this like impulse of wanting to see if there's a text or an email from work. Is it work? work? Is it, yeah. Exactly. Especially if you're at a red light, whatever. So now that's my strategy so that Smart. this way I'm not distracting myself because there's no doubt I don't think anybody can text and drive and think that they've got 100% attention on the road. No, I have a girlfriend who um, has a daughter that's learning to drive and she actually has her daughter put her phone in her trunk. And that's a really good idea. Yeah, because she's trying to just teach her never to get comfortable looking at your phone. I agree with you in the talking on it. It's never been an issue for me. It's never caused me, thank God, a close call, anything like that. But the texting is something I refuse to do. And I even get annoyed sometimes if I'm with my husband in the car and he's driving, if we're at a red light, he'll respond a quick yes or no. I think that's a complete waste of time and nothing's that important. If I'm driving and I find something is important enough that it needs an immediate response or I knew I was waiting on something that was going to need a response, I will pull over. I will pull into a parking lot to do it. I just won't chance it because I had a close call early, early on when texting kind of first became a thing. And you probably had to hit the two like three times to get to a C. Or <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those days. Oh. <laughs> so that I just don't think it's safe. But you know what I do do? And my family hates it. They hate hate it and I know I'll hear about this later <laughs> I look at my split ends you look at your split ends yeah. while you're driving uh, not while I'm driving but if I'm at a red light <laughs> I'll like look at the ends of my hair like oh are they damaged are they breaking are they healthy like it's it's almost like in substitute of the phone so I have to stop doing that okay I feel, but I only I don't do it while I'm driving down 295 <laughs> la, 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 la. I, know, I like stare at my hair and play with it it's my family hates it my husband hates it <laughs> so stupid but it's just it's almost like twisting your hair sure, absolutely it. it's a thing that you do so it's all right we all have things oh, we that's all my have weird things thing. but it is frightening to me i mean now there is some good news there are some really responsible drivers out there with 57 percent saying they take measures not to engage in these behaviors while driving so i guess there's some people who are now like you and i and they're making sure their phone is away from them and that's really what you have to do. I mean, yeah. for me, it's really ridiculous that I have to have it away from me. But I do. I just am, I'll grab it if it's close to me and then it's not good. But it's really frightening because you really are not engaged while driving no. when you're looking at your phone. You're just not. I just feel like texting. There's something about I don't know if it's grabbing of the phone or worrying about the words or your mind thinking what you have to type back. But it is you're completely sucked out of the fact you're driving. I mean, 100 percent. And I feel like I'm a very good, confident driver. Mm -hmm. But mm -mm, like I just there's nothing worth it. Do you remember that commercial was on? It was like a PSA a couple of years ago where a girl said she was waiting for her sister to arrive. Mm -hmm. And her sister texted her back the word. Yeah. Y.E.A. And crashed her car and died. And she's no, like, no, I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah. And she's like, so basically my sister died over the word. Yeah. So right. think about what you're texting. Exactly. Are you texting the word? No. Right. Are you texting? Maybe. Are you texting? I'll be there in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just get there in 10 minutes. Just get there in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So do you think you can handle texting, emailing or talking behind the wheel without being distracted? Take our poll at nj1015.com. So it's a fair statement that we spend more time with coworkers than even family or friends, probably. Very I true. I feel yeah, like I yeah. do. 
So HuffPo did an article this year asking what the most annoying habits of coworkers are. And I'm thinking we could probably sit here like all afternoon going over and over. So joining us for this topic is coworker Dan Alexander, New Jersey 101.5 digital reporter. Hey, Dan. Hello. Thanks for coming back. Oh, you're welcome. I know Dan did the other work-related topic about bosses. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes, she did. And I still have a job, so I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> That's because nobody listens, so don't worry about Stop. it. <laughs> so I'm a big believer that annoying coworkers and poor management can zap morale in a nanosecond. But there are other behaviors that your coworkers can do. Like, I hate when you go to someone, especially I freelance. So one of the jobs I have is in a control room, and I'm in charge of everything. It's a live production. So I just need it to look as clean as possible, as good as possible. So if I tell you that's wrong or that's right or be faster or where is it or that was wrong, it's because I'm just doing my job. Mm-hmm. But people get like upset personally, like you're attacking them. Mm-hmm. That has to be my biggest pet peeve when people make it personal. When I'm a really nice person, but I'm here to do a job and so are you. So how about we just do that and not get upset because you've made the mistake for the 10th time in two weeks <laughs> that I keep correcting you on. <laughs> <laughs> and not get oh right. well Megan bangs her hand on the table yeah I bang my hand because it's live and you're wrong like I don't know what else I'm supposed to do right like, there's a hierarchy to all businesses companies no matter what it is that you do right and if the boss says it's wrong well you just kind of have to roll with it even I'm if you saying, disagree I'm just saying if it's someone's name if I have a medium shot which is like a chest shot on someone and it's supposed to say Annette Petrocioni and for some reason I go to a wide shot of the whole auditorium Perhaps maybe that isn't the time to put up Annette's name when I don't have a clear shot of her. (laughs) Right. And maybe if we've gone over that 15 times, that's something you should notice and not take it personally when it's pointed out to you. That's probably my biggest pet peeve with coworkers. I'm guilty of that. I have to admit, I'm guilty of (laughs) not putting lowers up. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's exactly (laughs) it. I'm guilty of, of, of sometimes taking criticism too personally. Really? Yeah. In this industry? Yeah. I feel like constructive criticism is such a big part of it. I mean, not to say... Well, there's difference between constructive criticism and then just... Yes. Agreed. And and that's when I think you're entitled to it. But when it's just to get a job done, I think that's completely different. But when someone's just like getting at you to get at you, I think that's BS. For for little things, no, you shouldn't take it personal. And you're right. If it's something that you've been... You know, someone has said something to you about time and time and time and time again. Yeah, no, you shouldn't take that personal. But it's the other times when you... You know, when it's more of a subjective criticism about how you did something or presented something or or even whether or not to do that particular thing, that's where sometimes I sometimes take it personal when someone says no or will want to debate, you know, want to question or, you know, ask questions about it. And sometimes I take a little too personal. Sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, you know what, you're right. You And sometimes they've met my doubt in their head. You know, some, they may address the little voice in my head that I've had saying, you know, maybe that's not such a good idea to do. And if they speak to that little voice okay, you know what, you're right, we'll move on. But there's sometimes where you have an idea to do a story or something, and it's like, yeah, I like that idea. And, and someone's saying, well, no, it's not a good idea. And you, that's where sometimes I kind of take a little too personal. Yeah. And I, you know, I can defend it, but sometimes like, well, why should I have to defend that? Right. And I understand that. That makes sense to me. What about you? I think for me, the two biggest ones, because I'm sort of like a semi-manager, is constant sort of complaining about everything and every policy. We had a situation 
a couple days ago where we had to sign some paperwork and you would have thought that we asked the staff to like build a house in one day. <laughs> but we did. I mean, we, it, we got right. it done. <laughs> it was something that was like a negative six in terms of like on the scale of what we need you to do. And it it was just blown up to like a thousand. And oh I'm like, what God. is the problem? So sometimes I feel like, you know, can we just adult for the day, please? Because I just don't have the energy to deal with these issues that are very simple to me like you are someone who's married you have kids you have a house this is just a small form that you need to fill out you should be able to handle that considering all the other things that you've accomplished in your life so that bothers me because as my role is sort of like the coordinator of everybody I have to make sure everybody's in line and make sure that they have the paperwork and it's signed and everything like that so sometimes I feel like oh my gosh could you please just do what is needed so that I can get my job done um, I also think like volume control, we have a bit of a problem with that. And I'm guilty of that, too. I can be a pretty loud person. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so volume control in the newsroom is really challenging at times. And I get distracted a lot. And I feel like I get pulled away from my job a lot from other things happening around me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of put on my like serious face when I mean business and I just don't want to be distracted. But a lot of times I don't think people recognize that and they'll like <laughs> come over and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to get this done. And the constant distractions can be really challenging. Like some people will have trouble with like, oh, you know, so-and-so keeps bringing fish in for lunch or, you know, they don't like their appearance or their eating habits or their, I mean, God forbid you have somebody in the office that doesn't have a pleasant scent. But that <laughs> stuff really does doesn't bother me. It's the other stuff. Yeah. What's your number number one? I think my number one is people who, I guess they bring in an, bring in an invisible suitcase with their <laughs> issues of outside of the outside yes. of the workplace. Yes. And oh, yeah. it's like you know we've come to we've all come to work to do a job. We're all here for the same the same reason. We all have our responsibilities and duties. And I'm sorry that your kid is having a bad time at school. But we still need to get the job done. Right. And, you know, that's it's you want to be empathetic to someone. But at the same time, there's not really a lot. That's not why you're here. Yeah. I mean, I think it maybe depends on the level of of how how well you know that particular person. Like maybe it is someone that you talk to outside of work and maybe it is something that, you know, you would naturally discuss with them. But I would say on most occasions, you probably they're bringing, you know, not necessarily a problem with their child, but maybe they had a fight with their with their spouse, or they're having a tough time with their neighbor, or you know they're having some money problems with with money or something. It's like those are things I can't help you with. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bizarre to come to work and bring up such personal things. I think, but it sometimes just casts a pall on the whole place because you want to be so respectful true. of their feelings and you want to be respectful of yeah, okay, you know, so and so is having a bad day, but at the same time, you they're not being respectful of you. Right. And you still got to get the job done at the end Uh of the day. Yeah. And the company is not paying you to sit and go on and on about whatever your personal problems may be. Yeah. The company is paying you to work. Yeah, that's right. You know what else gets on my nerves? The passive aggressive behavior. Mm. Like if you go to someone with a question, just because you say, oh, I want to confirm that that meeting's going to be at two o'clock on Tuesday. Well, it's been at two o'clock the last three Tuesdays. Yeah, but the three Tuesdays before that, it was at noon. So all I need to know is, this, is right. it a two? You don't, just to answer my question, I don't need a whole right. mini lecture in your <laughs> passive aggressiveness. <laughs> just tell me. Oh, my God. But I have a coworker at my other job. He's so funny. And he always says, this is the way, and we're kind of equal. So it's never like where we kind of have to deal with each other in this aspect. But he's like, this is the way I handle, if I have something negative, I have to say to someone. 
And I think he like read it in a book, but it's brilliant, I think. He's like, start out with like a compliment on something they've done great, then point it out in the middle, the mistake, and then end on another compliment. <laughs> and I'm like, that is brilliant. Yeah. He's like, it works every time for me. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. I'm going to use that. Yeah, why not, right? Yes. So if you guys want to know what some of the most annoying habits are of coworkers, Alvet Nazarene University studied 2,000 American workers, and this is what they found. Tops the list. Loudness and complaining, number one, followed by gossiping and bullying, bathroom and eating habits, meeting and email habits, and rounding out the top five employees' personal hygiene. So here's the thing. If you are someone who has an annoying coworker, you're not alone. The survey finds that 73% of those polled indicated they have two to five annoying coworkers. Wow. That's pretty high. Wow. You know what I would get say that I have like three. <laughs> I can't stand the people that the smoke break people mm. that go on constant smoke breaks mm-hmm. and then come back in and smell like smoke and then the whole room smells like smoke. That doesn't bother me too much. Oh, I think that's so gross and selfish, especially if you're in tight quarters. Yeah. I don't care if you go smoke, like take a break once, but it's like when it's constant and they don't do anything to maybe lessen that smell. I, mean, I just think that's you awful. Know, it's interesting because smoking probably hasn't been a a problem in the workplace for a long time and you look at like pictures of old like we see pictures of old newsrooms and it's like you know cigarette oh butts and ashtrays all over the yeah. place and, the whole room and, is a plume of smoke yeah 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 um thank but, god that that's oh. no longer the case even yeah. airplanes people used to you used to be able to smoke on airplanes oh i still my, don't i still right. don't understand how that was ever legal <laughs> it's crazy right <laughs> no it doesn't make any sense no well, what behavior annoys you most about your coworker? Take our poll at nj1015.com. Thanks so much, Dan. You're Thanks, welcome. Dan. Well, that's it for this episode of Forever 39. On next week's show, we'll be speaking with a health expert about diet and exercise mistakes you may be making, Airbnbs versus hotels, and hating a friend's boyfriend or spouse. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> See you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.